Welcome to the Thriving Authors Podcast, where we delve into all aspects of what it takes to get your dream book out of your heart, onto the page, and into the world, connecting with a wide audience of readers. I'm Dallas, and I don't just want you to be a published author. I want you to be a thriving author, confidently sharing your ideas, making an impact with your words, and owning your unique voice that deserves to be heard. I've spent the past two decades immersed in the publishing industry, building my career as a best-selling author of five books and counting. As a book coach, I have helped dozens of women birth their books and live their dreams. And here's what I know to be true. You deserve abundant creativity, a nurturing writing practice, and a supportive community that inspires and uplifts you through the ups and downs of the writing life. I want to help you write and publish your dream books that grow your audience, grow your business, and grow your legacy. On this podcast, you will find behind-the-scenes lessons from my own book writing and publishing journey interviews with successful published authors, and tips and advice you can start using today to move you forward in your writing life. You don't have to do this alone. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for being here today for another episode of the Thriving Authors Podcast. Today, I really want to dive into a topic that I've been talking with a lot of my clients about lately. And that is especially coming up for me right now in my own writing life in this period after a book launch, which as we've talked about in the previous solo episodes of this podcast is really a marathon endeavor. Um, And it's just about the importance of rest, recharging, refilling up our wells as creative beings, Um, and especially amidst all of the pain and suffering and devastation and just hardships going on in our world around us, I think it is even more important than ever before to really nourish yourself and have your creativity and your time with your creative self just really be a source of nourishment for you, something sustainable, you know, something that you can come back to again and again and feel replenished. And I think it can sometimes as, um, as artists, as writers, as ambitious women with goals and dreams that we're working so hard to achieve, you know, I think it can sometimes be really easy to, to lose sight of all that and, um, kind of lose sight of our, of our why for doing all of this in the first place. And if we get burned out, if we, um, you know, if we stop writing, if we beat ourselves up for our writing, if we just feel completely depleted, then that's not serving anyone. And so this is an episode to come back to, to mark for yourself whenever you were starting to feel a little bit unmotivated when you're feeling, um, Like you just kind of need to recenter yourself, reground yourself, get a little bit of extra care for yourself. Um, This is an episode to come back to with some ideas, some little tiny steps to take to kind of help you recalibrate and find your way back to your center, to your heart, to your home of your creative practice. And like I said, I think it's especially great to do this 
when we come to an end of a project, whether that is the end of a first draft or the end of a book launch. Um, It's even nice to come back to this with personal markers in our lives, whether it's a birthday or change of seasons. Um, I I just think it's, it's a great practice to really be checking in with ourselves every so often to um, just make sure that things are feeling aligned with our creative practice. And I think when we don't do that, when we just kind of continue on autopilot without checking in, without having that recalibration, that is when um, burnout happens. And that is when we get partway through the muddy middle of our book and we just feel completely drained and, and we quit. Um, and it is just more important now than ever before that you don't quit my friends that, you know, the world really needs to hear your voice. You need to hear your stories and also sharing your story is so important for your soul and for your own, um, just creative power to really come into that. And so these are tips to really help you do that in, the way that is that is just um, as nourishing as possible for you. So here are some things that I've been talking about a lot with my clients the past several weeks and um, that I've also been really implementing in my own life as I come off of this book launch um, and just deal with all the heaviness in the world right now. So I have eight tips I've written down here for you with some self-care tips for writers. And I would love to hear your thoughts about these, which ones resonate most with you and what you would add to this list. Um, So please tag me on social media or send me an email and let me know your thoughts and what you would add to my list of eight things. So number one, I wrote down and I alluded to this earlier, is to remember your greater why, your greater purpose for doing this your greater why for writing this book. This is one of the first exercises that my client, that I have my clients do when we sign up to work together. And I think it is so important to really set the groundwork for the deeper purpose that you have for your book. It's so easy as we begin our writing journey. And as we um, start piling up the pages and piling up the words and, and getting into kind of the nitty gritty meat of our books. It's so easy to just get caught up in word count goals and then later get to get caught up in the editing process. And just to think about all of the other people on the outside, whether that's agents, publishers, um, book reviewers, book awards, you know, thinking about our other voices that might be in your head, whether it's family members or friends that are going to read this book. And um, it's so easy to get caught up in all of that. And to kind of forget your ideal audience for this book, your greater purpose for this book, your why and your reason for writing this book in the first place. So I really want you to dig down deep into that and to think about like, why, why does this book matter to you? Why is this topic so important to you? Why is this something that keeps coming up for you that you can't let go of? Um, Why are you the one to write this book? What about this book are you hoping will touch people or reach people or change people or help people? And this sometimes my fiction writers that I work with, you know, talk with me about, well, it's not like this is a nonfiction book that I'm teaching someone something, but I believe that fiction teaches just as much as nonfiction through the power of story, through the power of experiences, 
through the empathy we have for your characters, through the themes that you explore. And, um, and I also, as a fiction writer myself, believe that we as authors tend to work through so many of our own experiences through the lens of fiction. So I'm willing to bet that there are elements in your fiction that stem from your real life experience as well. Things that you hope that readers recognize and feel like they're not alone or are able to carry with them as a source of strength or understanding in their own life. And so really just spend a few moments journaling about your greater why, really reconnect with that. And for me, that always like relights that fire in my belly of, of just helping me kind of re-fall in love with my book idea. Um, and remembering that if you're not finding the experience of writing this book, as an overall meaningful or fun experience, you know, it begs the question, like, why are we even doing this in the first place, right? So obviously not every single time you sit down to write, you're going to be having fun. I'm not saying that, but just our goal is that overall, the experience of writing this book is, is meaningful to us. It matters. It feels joyful. It feels, it feels fun. Um, and so, you know, if it's not that way, that's, that's a red flag to us that, you know, something something is awry, something is amiss. So, um, so really dig into that, that greater why. And you might even think about your ideal reader. Who's that one person that you imagine reading this book and being touched or uplifted or changed by your words? You know, who's that person in your mind who you just feel like will really get this book? That's who you're writing this book for. And that's who I really want you to zoom in on, um, when you're writing, especially the first draft. Okay, number two on our list is to give yourself plenty of grace. We are often so hard on ourselves. I was just having this conversation actually in both of my small groups um, for Thriving Authors Academy this week. This topic came up of us being so hard on ourselves and beating ourselves up for why am I not writing more? Why am I not further along in this process? Why am I not being more productive? I thought I would be farther along. And um, what really came up too as we were talking is um, trying to let out these voices in our head. So um, I think with, with giving yourself grace, I think the first part of it is really setting down in words, whether that's journaling or talking out loud to a friend or talking out loud to yourself, uh, maybe even recording yourself talking about it, about what are the voices that are going through your head that are not being very nice to you? <laughs> what are those? Um, we, we called it in one of my coaching calls this week, the idea of just the, like the, the mean, the mean voice, the unhelpful voice, the voice is just trying to kind of knock you down. What is that voice saying to you? Um, and often we don't even realize what we're saying to ourselves. We don't even realize how we're talking to ourselves until we take a moment to sit down and get it down in words and to actually look at it on the page or to listen to it. Um, on our recording and to kind of take a step back and say, wow, you know, no wonder I'm feeling kind of burned out. No wonder I'm feeling like this is really hard. Look at all these words that I'm saying to myself. Look at all these lies I'm saying to myself and look at how I'm beating myself up all the time. And thinking about, I always think to myself, you know, if somebody said this to my best friend or to my daughter, how would I respond to that person, to that, that voice? And it would be with a lot of rage <laughs> and indignance and 
um, I would never let someone talk to my daughter that way. And so, you know, why am I letting myself talk to myself in that way? And so I think that's the first step. And then the second step is just, you know, once you get that voice out there, giving yourself so much grace and thinking about all that you have going on. And um, another thing that came up with my clients this week is just, we were carrying so much, um, so much that we're carrying. And so that if we pile on writing as just one more thing on that towering stack of what we're trying to juggle, you know, that's when we start to feel really depleted and overwhelmed and like writing becomes a burden instead of something that lights us up. And so is there a way to just give yourself so much grace for all that you've already done and all that you are doing? And, um, And just really try to set yourself free of those judgments around yourself. Another activity that can be helpful around this of giving yourself grace is to um, write a wins list or a done list. We often write to-do lists of all the things we need to do, but have you ever written a list of all the things you've done? No, you're so focused on your next chapter that you have to write, but what about all the chapters that you've written so far? Or you're so focused on needing to get into the first draft? What about all the research that you've done that has led you to this point that has made it possible for you to be here? So making a list, a tangible list of all of the things you've done, all of your wins, everything that's brought you to this moment and looking at that list and realizing like you have time and space, you have all the time and space that you need. Um, There's no rush. Your book isn't going anywhere. And just giving yourself, like letting your shoulders relax, giving yourself a little bit of freedom heaps of grace. Um, and I just think that makes the process go so much smoother as well. Number three is related to giving yourself grace and it's setting really tiny and achievable goals for your writing. Um, I've learned this particularly during my last few years in my writing career when I became a mother And I talked about this before, but just my writing routine changed entirely. I used to just be worrying about myself, just having to care for myself. And I often would write late at night. I would write, I would have long chunks of time to do my writing, much more flexibility and freedom as far as when I wanted to do my writing. And when I became a mother and the full-time stay-at-home caregiver of, of our daughter, um, you know, that all, that all shifted (laughs) dramatically. And, um, I had to not uh, hold myself to the same schedules or the same standards that I had before. And instead give myself that grace and set some new small goals that worked with my schedule in my life and my responsibilities now. And I found this is also great, no matter where you are in your, in your life journey, no matter what stage you're in, no matter whether you have children or not, or are caring for somebody else or not. Um, I think setting those small goals is really powerful, especially when you're starting to feel a little bit burned out, when you're feeling heavy, when you're feeling like you need a little bit of extra nourishment, um, We sometimes feel compelled to set a big goal for ourselves, maybe because it's related to number two, we're not giving ourselves enough grace and we're beating ourselves up for what we think we should be producing. Um, I've had clients before who say, well, I wasn't able to write yesterday or the day before. So today I'm going to write, you know, three times the amount, my, my word count goal to quote unquote, catch up 
And I just think catching up is a recipe for disaster, my friends. Um, there's so much pressure on ourselves. And it's sort of like, what are you, what are you catching up to anyway? You know, what's what's the what's the rush with that? Um, just let those other days go that you weren't able to do your writing and focus on today and focus on tomorrow and set small goals that you can achieve and you can build that confidence and write because um, I know I don't know about you, but when I have a writing session where I set my small goal, I achieve my goal, I feel so uplifted. I feel proud of myself. I feel more confident. And when I feel confident, I'm more likely to want to return to the page the next day and the day after that and the day after that. So we are um, setting ourselves up for success and having those achievements, having those wins every day, every time we achieve those small goals, then it builds on each other. And so we're doing it consistently. And I think that is really the key to um, having just this nourishing writing practices and we can do it consistently in a way that feels good. I'm not saying it's not hard. It still can be hard to sit down in front of that blank page. It can still feel kind of uncomfortable, but think about sitting down in front of that blank page. And if you tell yourself that you're going to write 2000 words versus if you tell yourself, I'm going to write two paragraphs and then decide if I want to keep going or not. And the funny thing is, I don't know about you, but I think that often starting is the hardest part. So the 2000 words or the two paragraphs, like both of those goals get us, get us where they need to get us, right? They get us like on, you know, sitting down in front of the page and starting. And actually, I think that having the goal of writing two paragraphs is a more powerful goal to get us to start than having a goal of writing 2,000 words, because writing 2,000 words in one day for many of us, myself included, can seem just very overwhelming and like, oh my gosh, there's no way I can do that. So I might as well not even try. Whereas if I tell myself, okay, I'm going to write, sit down and write two paragraphs. Usually after those two paragraphs, I'm more into the story and I want to keep going and I end up writing four paragraphs or 10 paragraphs or, you know, the story builds on itself. But the key for this with those tiny goals is even if I just write those two paragraphs, I am proud of myself for the day. I get my check mark. I've done my writing time. And over time consistently, that adds up and adds up and adds up versus if I set the goal for myself doing 2000 words and I don't do it and I don't do it and I don't do it and I don't do it. I'm not actually creating that forward momentum that is so important for the creative process. So really think about for yourself, what would be a small goal that you could set for yourself with your writing that you feel like is very doable for you and that you could achieve today? with your writing. I also read the other day, um, a wonderful essay on brevity, the brevity blog, where a mother was talking about writing as a mother, as a caretaker of small children. And she was um, referring to, there's a common piece of advice that if you write one page every day, by the end of the year, you'll have 365 pages. You'll have a full length book, which I think is great advice too. It really breaks it down into small steps, you know, a page a day, but in this essay I loved, she was saying, you know, sometimes some days a page seems too overwhelming. That's too much, you know? So her goal is that every day she'll write at least a sentence. And I remember that was something one of my dear writing friends, Karen, told me after I became a mother. She said, you know, even just a sentence a day that keeps you in the world of your book, your brain is thinking about it. You're having that forward momentum. And so think about what is that tiny achievable goal for you that keeps you engaged with your creative self? Number four, 
on my list of eight self-care tips for writers is related to number three. They kind of build off each other. This one is to celebrate every win, celebrate every win. So when you, when you hit those, those goals, what are you going to do to celebrate? I think that's really fun. I'm a visual person and I love stickers. And so I love having little, sometimes they are literal gold star stickers. Sometimes they're more fun stickers or little stickers um, that my daughter likes where I have, um, you know, my goal of, of my, on my calendar of all the days I want to write. And I just give myself a little sticker. I put a little sticker on my calendar for those days that I get my writing done as a way to celebrate that I did my writing time that day. Maybe you incorporate a ritual into your celebration. Like, is there something that feels special, special part of your day that you can build in some time for after you do your writing? Maybe there's a special um, walk that you love to take, or you want to read your read a, a new book that you love, or there's um, I don't know a fancy tea or a drink that you like. Something that you can do is a little celebration of those wins. And with every win, I mean this too, thinking about what goal, whatever goals you have, celebrating the steps that you take, the steps that you have control over um, related to those goals. So for example, if you are in a phase where you are submitting your work for publication, like to journals or to agents or editors, um, we're, we're so used to celebrating when the good news comes from the other side, right? Celebrating when we get that acceptance, when we finally sign with an agent, when we get the publishing deal, when we win an award. And of course, it's so important to celebrate those big wins. But the thing about those big wins is we don't really have control over them. What we have control over is that we are being brave and taking the steps to go for those opportunities. So I tell my clients, um, we sell that I really want them to do something to celebrate when they take those brave steps, when they submit a piece of writing, when they send their work out to their writing group, when they find a contest and they submit. Those are what we want to really celebrate because those are the brave actions that you are taking and that's what you have control over. So one of my dear clients, she just submitted her work and I asked her, how are you going to celebrate this? And she bought herself a beautiful fountain pen, um, shared it with us in the group. And we were able to just be so inspired by her. And now every time she writes with that fountain pen, she is celebrating her bravery and um, that she is out there submitting her work and working towards her dreams. And so I think it is just to me has been so important in my writing life to really shift that focus away from celebrating those externalities that we don't have control over and focusing on celebrating our own tiny wins that we take, the steps we take each and every day, the times when we are brave, when we are bold, when we are sitting down and putting in the work and celebrating that, you know, that you are, that is when you are creating the life of a writer, of an artist, of a creative being. And that is something to celebrate. Um, and so creating a culture within ourselves um, of celebrating that, that we deserve to celebrate. We don't have to wait for some day in the future to give ourselves love and celebrate ourselves. Okay, halfway through. So number five is to make your writing time special. This is something I talk about a lot. You might've heard me talk about this before, but it is so powerful for making our writing time feel like something that is different from all of our other work time. Um, all of the other time we spend in front of the computer, 
um, just making it feel like this is something just for us. And this is different for every single writer. What's special for one person doesn't seem special to somebody else. And so really think about for you, what would make your writing time feel special to you? Maybe it's writing outside in a journal. Maybe it's taking your laptop in bed and being all cozy in bed with your laptop. Um, Maybe there's certain music. You want to create a playlist for your writing time. Maybe you want to light some candles. Um, I'm a big fan of writing snacks. I'm sure you've heard me talk about my love of chocolate before, but I, when I sit down, turn on my little twinkle lights, get my chocolate, get my tea. I just feel like, oh, this is my special time just for me and my writing. And so think of something, it can be something really small that you want to bring in to your writing time. And sometimes what happens with our self-care is we like start off having these writing routines that are really beautiful and special and that feel good. And then what happens is just life happens. Things get busy, things get hectic, the clutter piles up on our desk. We, we stop taking the time to have that extra little care. You know, we stop taking the time to light the candles or find that music playlist or make ourselves that special little drink to have during our writing time, often because we're not giving ourselves enough grace, we're not celebrating ourselves enough, and we sort of think that we have to earn those treats or we are behind on the amount of writing we want to get done. And so it becomes like this vicious cycle where we are almost punishing ourselves for our writing time. We're not taking the time to make it special and sacred. And then it doesn't feel like special and sacred time. And so we don't want to do it as much. So I think taking a step back, even if it takes 10 minutes away from the actual writing to light the candle, to do some yoga, to, you know, have your snack, um, it'll make the writing itself, just the experience seem so much more nourishing and special and be something that you feel like you can sustain, right? So this is also something that lasts beyond just whatever project you're working on right now. This is like this foundation that um, that you can work on, that you're really building for yourself for, for your creative time forevermore. And so I think it's really important to kind of figure out, you know, what works for you and what feels special um, and to really just like lean into that in the same way that, you know, the, I, I mentioned before, like, well, how would you talk to your best friend? Like if there was some, some other writer that you knew you'd like, or you were creating a special, um, writing space for like your best friend or your child or your partner, I'm sure you would have so much fun, you know, finding little, their favorite treats or their music or candles. And so giving yourself that same love is so, so important. Number six is kind of taking this a step further and planning a special writing retreat for yourself. So blocking out some time on your calendar, maybe it's a few hours, maybe it's a whole day, maybe it's a weekend where you are really like taking a break from the world and um, giving yourself permission to fully escape into your writing. I think it is wonderful if you can get out of your own house or your own typical writing space to do this, whether it's like going to a park or going to a cafe, um, checking into a hotel, getting away to maybe a friend's house, maybe a friend has a spare room you can do some writing in, some way to kind of get outside of your normal routine can be really powerful and find ways to make this feel really fun. Make this feel like 
this little vacation that you are giving to yourself and to your creative being. Um, this isn't meant to be, you know, a, um, holy, like it has to be super productive. You have to get this much done during this time. I think you will find it is very, um, I hate to use the word productive. I mean, it will be productive, but I just think our society is so focused on like efficiency and productivity, which can be so um, stalling to the creative process. But I will say that it can be a very, um, can lead to a lot of breakthroughs having a writing retreat. You might have something that you're stuck on with your book that just, you get a lot of clarity around it. You might find a lot of um, new energy and flow in the writing retreat, just like getting away from your typical routine and giving yourself that permission to really sink into your writing. I think of it too, as the same, in the same way that often with like a partner, we plan a little, a little vacation, a little getaway with our partner to kind of reconnect and like fall in love with each other again. I think it's true with our writing. It's so important to have little times, you know, this retreat, a time where you can get away from everyday life and just fall in love with your book again and re remember why you're so excited about this project, you know, to kind of get those little butterflies in your belly again, when you're thinking about why this book matters so much to you. So that can be something really um, powerful, um, especially if you're feeling burned out, it can be a great way to um, just kind of jumpstart, like rejuvenate your passion for your book again. Tip number seven is to take a break from social media, take a break from Goodreads, take a break from all those places where you find yourself leaning into the comparison trap or slipping into um, reading reviews or thinking negative thoughts about yourself as a writer. Um, even sometimes if you are very careful with social media, if you like only follow authors who inspire you and, um, you know, people who really build you up, it still can create a lot of noise in our lives. And, um, I think that is one thing that can be so hard when we sit down to write when everything just feels so noisy in our heads and we have all these other voices, we're thinking about what everyone else is doing. Um, and so just taking a little break from that, I'm not saying you have to do it forever, um, but especially if you're coming after, if you're coming out of a book launch as I am right now, um, often book launches are so focused on the noise where you have to be, you don't have to be, but often we are very um, involved in social media and in Goodreads and in reviews and in bloggers and in just the book community as a whole, we're like really steeped in it during a book launch, um, that it just can, it, it can be very depleting. And so I think it really is a great way to kind of quiet that noise. It's almost like doing that reset. It's just to take a little break from it. Um, you could try a couple of days, you could try a week. A lot of my clients have a lot of success when they just take their apps off their phone for a little while and see how it feels. Um, and just to kind of quiet down that noise and, um, and let yourself check back in with, with you and with your book and not have to worry about what everybody else is doing. So I would encourage you even just try it for like three days and see how it feels. And if you're, if you're really itching, anxious to get back, you can always redownload those onto your phone then, but, um, see, just see how it feels to take a little break. And my last tip, tip number eight of self-care tips for writers is to let yourself play. 
let yourself experiment with your writing. Um, this is something also that has come up a lot lately with my clients during our coaching calls is this, this idea. And, and I, I totally get it, my friends. Um, but like this fear of somehow quote unquote, getting it wrong, especially with the first draft. And this also relates to giving ourselves grace, not putting so much pressure on ourselves. But I think we can feel like we don't want to quote unquote, waste time. We want to get it right straight from the beginning, you know, write the book as it is meant to be. Um, I mean, write, raise your hand if you agree. Like, I feel like the dream for all of us is just to write the book uh, word for word exactly as it will one day look when we open it up, our published copy. I mean, I think when we read books, that's almost this image we have in our mind is that the author sat down and wrote it exactly as we're reading it in this final published version. But it's so not true. And we all, we know that, right? We know that books go through many, many drafts and many editors and, and beta readers to help the writer make it the best it can be. But I think we sometimes have this image, especially of authors that we really admire, you know, is like, we read their work and we, and we lie to ourselves that that is like their first draft. When really we're comparing apples and oranges, we're comparing our first draft to their umpteenth draft. And it's, it's not fair. Um, and, and I think also I've had clients say, and I recognize this going in myself too, of like, well, I don't really know what should happen next in my book. And I'm so terrified I'm going to make the wrong choice and then have to backtrack and have to make a lot of edits and change a lot of things. And what I really want to say to that is I firmly believe that no writing we do is ever really wasted. I think that anything that we create, one, it might end up spinning off into some whole other creative project, um, some whole other you know series or sequel or spinoff book or something like that. But also, even if it doesn't, even if it just ends up on the cutting room floor, I feel like we had to write that part of it to get to then where we're going later, to get to the part of the book where we do discover what we want it to be. It's almost like, you know how sometimes you don't really, you can't know what you want until you figure out what you don't want. I think it's so similar with writing. And so embracing instead of feeling like I need to get this exactly right, whatever right is the first time around, instead thinking, I'm just going to let myself experiment with this. I'm just going to let myself play with this. I'm going to, what if I try that? You're asking yourself that question, like, what if, you know, what, what if I, what if that were to happen? Um, what, what's the worst that can happen? I'm just going to try that and, and see where it goes. Or when you're doing your outline and really letting yourself brainstorm, um, sometimes, you know, our best ideas come after we get through five or 10 or 20 or 50 other ideas that didn't quite work. And so just giving yourself that room to really play and truly really experiment and knowing that you can always go back and change it. Nothing is set in stone. And, um, and I, I do think too, that I, I think about, um, I have a novel called before and after you and me that is coming out next year from Al Hollow press. And I think about this book in particular, when I'm, when I'm telling you this last tip, because this manuscript has been through so many revisions, so many drafts. And, um, the first draft that I wrote back when I was in grad school as my thesis is there are, I feel like the spine of the story is the same as this final book that's now going to be published, but 
I mean, so much of it is really unrecognizable, but I feel like that thesis, that book I wrote for my thesis, that first draft was the book I had to write at that time in my life. And I had to write that version and the next version and the next version and the next version in order to finally get to the place where I was ready to write this final latest version that was finally accepted for publication and is the novel that it was like most meant to be. I couldn't have pressed fast forward. I couldn't have just skipped, you know, skipped to this last version without writing all the versions that came before. And I learned so much through the process and I grew so much as a writer. And one thing I did really learn is that willingness to let myself experiment and let myself play and let myself make those decisions as a writer that were hard and a little bit scary because I knew they meant like rehauling the book in a lot of ways, but giving myself permission to do that. It takes us back to the very beginning of this episode when we were talking about like, what's the rush, right? What's that there? There's timelines we put on ourselves. And, and you know that sometimes I am, you know, giving you that kick in the pants of saying like, this is the time. There's no time to waste. You need to do this. Like your book matters. You need to get out into the world, which is true. That is so, so true. Just the, the urgency and the power of carving out that time for your writing, but we also have to balance that with knowing that we have the time that we need to birth our book. So it's that urgency of knowing how deeply your book matters that you are committing to setting aside that time for yourself and your book to get it written, but then also not putting those external pressures on yourself, not giving yourself, um, you know, a harsh deadline that's just going to make you feel really overwhelmed and stressed out and make the process not feel fun and free. Um, not believing those um, voices in your head that are telling you that you're not writing fast enough or that are comparing you to other writers that you see on social media that you feel like are somehow uh, more productive than you. Like, setting aside all of those voices and realizing that you have all the time that you need. So I think it's really holding those two important beliefs in balance with, with each other and knowing that both of them are so true and so vital. Um, and I, I think that really helps us find balance in our writing and creative lives as a whole. So I hope that those eight tips were helpful for you. I would love to hear what really resonates with you from this list. And like I said, before, what would you add to my list? What did I forget? Or what one of these have you tried and how did it work for you? How did it open up your writing time? Um, how did it make you fall in love with your book again? So I would love to hear your thoughts. You can always find me on Instagram or Facebook at Dallas Woodburn author. Um, and you can also always email me at dallaswoodburn.com. So I would love um, just to hear your thoughts and to cheer you on. And just remember that you are doing a great job, my friend, wherever you are, wherever you are listening to this, the process of writing your book, just know that I'm out here rooting for you and I'm celebrating you and you are doing a phenomenal job and just to keep going and be really kind to yourself that you, you deserve all the kindness and all the grace. Okay. I will see you again soon. Thank you so much for listening. 
Thanks for spending time with me today. Please hit that subscribe button so you'll never miss an episode. And I would love for you to join me in my free Facebook group. It's called Book Breakthrough Community, and it's full of other heart-centered writers sharing resources and supporting each other. We discuss the podcast episodes. I regularly go live with free challenges, and you may even meet your new writing partner to swap pages with. Join us on Facebook at Book Breakthrough Community, and you can always reach out to me personally at Dallas Woodburn Author on Facebook and Instagram. I would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast and your ideas for new episodes. Until next time, happy writing.